Welcome back to another episode of The Serial Killer. Today we talk about the Sunday morning slasher Carl Eugene Watts. Born November 7th, 1953 in Colleen, Texas. He died September 21st, 2007 in Jackson, Michigan. Known victims, 14 to 100. Span of crime, 1974 to 1982 in the states of Michigan and Texas. He was caught May 23rd, 1982. Watts claimed to have started fantasizing about torturing and killing girls and young women at the age of 12. During adolescence, he began to stalk girls and is believed to have killed his first victim before the age of 15. On June 29, 1969, Watts was arrested for sexually assaulting 26-year-old Joan Gave when he was tried, he was sentenced to the Lafayette Clinic, a mental hospital in Detroit. According to a psychiatric assessment, Watts was revealed to suffer from mild mental retardation and a full-scale IQ of 75, and to have a delusional thought process, though a police officer interrogating Watts after his arrest later stated that he appeared to be very, very intelligent with an excellent memory. He was released from the Lafayette Clinic November 9, 1969. Murders Watts' time as a serial killer began when he was 20 years old in 1974 by kidnapping his victims from their homes, torturing them, and then murdering them on October 30, 1974. Watts tortured and brutally murdered 20-year-old Gloria Steele, who was believed to be his second victim. She was found with 33 stab wounds to her chest. He may also have been involved in the disappearance of Nadine Jean O'Dell, who was 16 years old when she disappeared August 16, 1974. She was last seen walking down John Daly Street in Inkster, Michigan. Her body has never been found and no one witnessed her presumed abduction. Watts almost always killed young white women Victims range between the ages of 14 and 44, using methods such as strangulation, stabbing, bludgeoning, and drowning. Watts murdered dozens of women between 74 and 82, and despite the many women he murdered, he was not discovered as a serial killer for almost eight years. There were several reasons for this. He attacked in several different jurisdictions and even different states. Even with the advent of DNA testing, it was nearly impossible to connect them because he rarely performed sexual acts on his victims. His crimes were not thought to be sexually motivated. Watts was questioned for murders in 1975, but there was not enough evidence to convict him, although he had spent a year in prison for attacking a woman who survived. Canadian authorities believe that Watts may have crossed the border into Windsor that October, assaulting 20-year-old Sandra Dalpy outside her apartment, leaving her near death with multiple wounds to the face and throat. By that time, Watts had fallen under scrutiny from local homicide investigators. A task force was organized in July of 80 to probe the Sunday slashings, and Watts was placed under sporadic surveillance. A November court order permitted officers to plant a homing device in his car. Watts was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. Arrest and discovery. On May 23, 1982, Watts broke into an apartment of Lori Lister and Melinda Aguilar in Houston 
As she arrived home from work, he choked Lister into unconsciousness under the stairs below the apartment. He then entered the apartment and began to choke Aguilar as well. Aguilar feigned unconsciousness while Watts tied her hands behind her back with a wire. He dragged Lister's body upstairs and into the bathroom and started filling the bathtub, preparing to drown her. While Watts was preoccupied with Lister, Aguilar was able to slip free and jump out a window to seek help. Lister was rescued and Watts was later arrested after fleeing the scene. While in custody, police began to link Watts with recent murders of number of women. Until early 1981, he had lived in Michigan where authorities suspected him of being re responsible for murders of at least 10 women and girls. Watts was previously questioned about the murders in 1975, but there had not been enough evidence to convict him. At the time, Watts had spent a year in prison attacking a woman who survived. Prosecutors in Texas did not feel they had enough evidence to convict Watts of murder, so in 82 they arranged a plea bargain. If Watts gave full details and confession to his crime, they would give him immunity for the murder charges and he would instead face just a charge of burglary for intent with intent to murder. This charge carried a 60-year sentence. He agreed with the deal and promptly confessed in detail to 12 murders in Texas. However, Michigan authorities refused to go in on the deal, so the cases in that state remained open. Watts later claimed that he had killed 40 women, and he had also implied that there were more than 80 victims in total. He would not confess outright to having committed these murders, however, because he did not want to, to be seen as a mass murderer. Police still considered Watts as suspect in the 90 unsolved murders. Michigan Trial Watts was sentenced to, to the agreed 60 years. However, shortly after he began serving time, the Texas Court of Appeals ruled that he had not been informed that the bathtub and water he attempted to drown Lori Lister in was considered a deadly weapon. The ruling reclassified him as a non-violent felon, making him eligible for early release. At the time, Texas law allowed nonviolent felons to have three days deducted from their sentence for every one day served as long as they were well-behaved. Watts was a model prisoner and had enough time deducted from his sentence that he could have been released as early as May 9, 2006. The law allowing early release was abolished after public outcry, but could not be applied retroactively according to the Texas Constitution. In 2004, Michigan Attorney General Mike Cox went on national TV asking for anyone to come forward with information in order to try to convict Watts of murder to ensure he was not released. Joseph Foy of Westland, Michigan came forward to say that he had seen a man fitting Watts' description murder Helen Dutcher, a 25-year-old woman who died after being stabbed 12 times December 1, 1979. Foy identified Watts by his eyes, which he described as being evil and devoid of emotion. Although Watts had immunity for the pro from prosecution for the 12 killings he had admitted to in Texas, he had no immunity agreement in Michigan. Before his 2004 trial, law enforcement officials asked the trial judge to allow Texas confessions into evidence, which he agreed. Watts was promptly charged with the murder of Helen Dutcher. A Michigan jury convicted him on November 17, 2004, after hearing eyewitness testimony from Joseph Foy. On December 7, he was sentenced to life imprisonment. Two days later, authorities in Michigan started making moves to try 
him for the murder of Western Michigan University student Gloria Steele, who was stabbed to death in 74. Watt's trial for Steele murder began in Kalamazoo on July 25, 2007. Closing arguments concluded July 26. The following day, the jury returned a guilty verdict. Watts was sentenced to life in prison, imprisonment without parole on September 13th. He was incarcerated at Maximum Security Prison in Iona, Michigan. He died of prostate cancer on September 21st, 2007 in a Jackson, Michigan hospital. This case is featured on an episode of Cold Case Files and True TV series The Investigators. Well, that, my friends, is Carl Eugene Watts, the Sunday morning slasher. This has been another episode of The Serial Killer. I'm your host, Jeremy Skaggs. We're on Twitter at the Serial Kill 11 uh, Give us a follow. I follow back and give a shout-out. And I know I did get one new follower, and I did not write it down before this episode, so I'm sorry. So on next episode, I will give you the shout-out. And once again, thank you all for listening. See you next week.